It gives me great pleasure to introduce our next guest expert, uh, Cherie Warwick. She will be talking about how to grow a six-figure business in 12 months or less. And we're delighted to have her here for our second session in First Fridays. Let me tell you a little bit about Cherie. Cherie Warwick is recognized by her peers and business partners as the profit partner. By the time she was 26 years old, she had helped buy and sell hundreds of thousands of dollars in real estate. From that experience, Cherie joint ventured with others to start a construction company and trash hauling company. Cherie has not only started several companies, she has also helped her clients develop successful businesses. She helped one client earn $4,500 within two weeks of hiring her and helped another client obtain three clients within three weeks of promoting his business. Her business, The Profit Partner, can be found online, as I mentioned earlier, at theprofitpartner.com. Welcome, Sheree. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is my pleasure. So tell us, how did you get started as an entrepreneur? I mean, the real story. (laughs) (laughs) The real story is that I really wasn't very entrepreneurial growing up. A lot of people say, oh, I started, you know, business when I was 10. Well, that wasn't me. I I went the traditional route. I went to high school, then went to college. And my first job after college, a good friend of mine who worked with me gave me a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And that was the turning point for me. All of a sudden, when you're able to hear how other people live and you think, what would it take for me to get, uh, to attain wealth, especially within the United States, it's not by having a job. Uh, It it is by having something else going on, whether it's investments, um, real estate, or having your own business. And from reading that book, I got the entrepreneurial bug. So I started off just by educating myself, reading all sorts of information. I joined a, a real estate group because I was interested in real estate. I thought that would be an interesting thing to get into. So I joined a real estate investment company, uh, investment association, sorry, and I started doing uh, residential, they call it wholesaling, but some people may call it flipping houses. I started doing that in the Baltimore area where the houses were ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. And I completed um oh goodness, probably about twenty transactions, thirty transactions, uh through that process. So that was how I got started as an entrepreneur. And then from that we noticed other businesses that we were able to start and grow from us beginning with the real estate properties. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned Guy Kawasaki's um, book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because we were talking a little bit about that earlier, and uh, uh, not in relation to wealth building, but it's a great example of how the universe works and how these uh, messages are constantly being reinforced to us, because if you have not read that book, I think it is an excellent, excellent book for anybody, um, no matter what it, what stage you are in your financial wealth building uh, path. So. Thank you for mentioning that again. Absolutely, and I I will add that his second book, The Cash Flow Quadrant, is even better than Rich Dad, Poor Dad, in my opinion. So definitely put that on your list as well. Great, thank you. So what made you move to coaching and consulting small business owners? 
Well, that's an interesting story in that I started a Yahoo group for, uh, there's a company called Live Out Loud, which teaches people how to become millionaires. And I started a Yahoo group for people who were part of that wealth coaching process. And one of the young ladies, because I had been, you know, mentoring people that were in that group, said, you know, you have the ability to really help people. Why don't you start a coaching practice? So, again, it wasn't something that I thought consciously about. It was something that I just kind of fell into by someone's suggestion. So that's how I got into coaching and consulting. Well, I think some people might say you were in the right place at the right time with the right opportunity. <laughs> Opportunities yeah. and, and the right knowledge. And the and, right knowledge. And that's, that's the key is to figure out what you're good at and what you're passionate about. So many people say, you know, do what you're passionate about. Well, let me say this. If you're passionate about something but you're not good at it, you're not going to do as well. So I believe that there needs to be the passion, but there also needs to be the talent in what you are offering the world. I totally, totally agree. And, you know, it's so funny because um, after I started thinking about the questions I wanted to ask you, uh, the other day I had the opportunity to attend a focus group for Make Mine a Million program. And that's their mission is to help women develop million-dollar businesses, and they want to bring the program to Florida, to specifically Broward County, which is Fort Lauderdale area. And so I'm going to be on that steering committee and was very excited because I'm at my age in life, I'm very interested in, and I'm and I'm a baby boomer, 53, and I'm very interested in building wealth because at this point I hadn't really given a lot of thought to it. I had just been doing what most people do, working, um, not 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 planning my retirement because I have some things, but not focusing on it, laser focusing on it. And I so I I thought you know this would be a great program to have. And I was really surprised at the financial statistics that Nell Merlino shared with us about women in North America. For instance, I didn't realize that even though women own almost 50% of the small businesses in the U.S. alone, less than 3% are million-dollar businesses, and less than 20% are $250,000 or more businesses. And the other 80% fall into the under 250000 with most under the $100,000 mark. Um, the majority of those are one-woman shows. Uh, in fact, I didn't even know that in the U.K., more than a, there are more million-dollar women-owned businesses than men-owned. And so I was so excited to have you here today because I think that the first threshold a lot of people have a hard time getting to is the six-figure, that 100 k So what are the three components every business owner needs in order to build a six-figure business, Cherie? It's really funny when I read this question. I said, oh, okay, she got that from the website. But I'm actually going to, there is an answer on my website as far as the three components, but I'm going to change it up a little bit based on some um, additional work that I've done with clients. I'm going to say that, number one, you need a great marketing system. You need to be able to bring clients and attract clients to you, but not just any clients. You want to attract the right clients to you. The second thing that you need is you need a great operational system. You need the ability.
whatever it is that you say you can produce, whether it's a product or a service. And the third thing that you need is you need the ability to understand what I say, know your numbers. And I'm actually writing a book now that's um, very close to being picked up by a New York publisher called Know Your Numbers. And what the premise of it is, is really understanding your return on your investment dollars, your return on your, your return on your advertising, your cash flow, how those things work so that you can have a very strong business. So again, the three things is the marketing system, the operation system, how you actually produce your product or service, and the financial statements and the numbers that's happening in your business so that you can make better strategic decisions about your company. Excellent. And so let's talk a little bit about, uh, for instance, one component, how important a strong team is in order to multiply your business revenue and, and who should be on our team. That's a very good question as well. And it, uh, obviously, team is very strong. Uh, is a very important component to growing a six-figure business or to just growing a profitable business. And a lot of times when people think of team, they just think of employees. But what I urge people to think about is expanding that to having, first of all, a mentor, someone who has done what you want to do, someone who is two to three levels above where you are today. And there's a couple of reasons why you need that. First of all, that person can give you the knowledge and the help you with your marketing systems and your operation systems that I was talking about before. They can show you the pitfalls, the mistakes that they made so that you don't have to make those mistakes. And there's something else I was thinking about that's just very basic is they give you the ability to imagine yourself in that position. So, for example, um, I, I need to really learn the story of this, but the four-minute mile. Before the original person who ran the four-minute mile uh, actually accomplished that, no one thought that it could be done. Whereas now you are able to run, you know, a lot of people are able to run the four-minute mile, and, and no one even thinks about it as it being a possibility. Or Oprah Winfrey is the first female self-made billionaire. Before her, no one thought that it could be done, and now I'm sure that there will be other female billionaires um, that will be making it probably in the next, I don't know, 10 years or so, let's say. So you need to have mentors. You really should, at least in the very beginning, have some sort of virtual administrative help or administrative help period. Um, you do that for two reasons. Number one is there are always things that need to be happening in your business that maybe you may not be able to do, you may not be good at it, um, or you may not have the time to do it. So you want to have virtual administrative assistance, even if you haven't made a profit yet. The second reason is it strengthens your leadership. It strengthens the planning that you need uh, to, the, I'm sorry, it strengthens the 
ability for your business to actually do all the things that needs to be done for you to create six figures. The third member of a team I recommend and I have found great help through this team member is a mastermind group. Finding either an accountability partner or a small group of about three to five people in our mastermind group where five people would call ourselves millionaire sales divas. But what they do for me and what they can do for the people that are listening is really ask questions. Why are you doing things the way that you're doing them? Is there a more efficient way? Um, get off your lazy assets was something that one of my mastermind members told me a couple of years ago that I really needed that kick in the pants at that time, and she did that for me. So um, you can have a myriad of team members, but I think those are the, the three key team members outside of employees or subcontractors that's helping you do the work that I would recommend. And, you know, I totally agree about all of these. I think it, I think that having had a mentor and now being a mentor to uh, women-owned businesses in particular, I think it's very important because um, a mentor can see things that we just don't see right in front of our faces. Absolutely. Uh, same thing with the mastermind group. I've been involved in several over the years, and I think that uh, either that, like you said, or the accountability partner, having someone who holds your feet to the fire, because sometimes we just make excuses in business or we figure we don't need to do that or we will do it later and if you tell somebody you're going to do something and then you don't do it then they can tell you hey how are you where are you on that in that goal of yours you know so exactly and then the third thing i want to comment about the vas because um and we have one in the room um listening in on the conversation teresa morrow and she's helped me with a lot of things and she's worked with a lot of people in fact she's going to talk about her experiences with this group later on and how she's gotten clients for her VA practice. So I I think that everything you say, Sheree, is right on the money. Can you give us an example of a business owner who's had a great team and what he or she was able to accomplish from that? Oh, sure. Um, I will give you the example of a book called, uh, a bookkeeping company called Carolyn Does QuickBooks. And I'm a little biased because Carolyn Does QuickBooks is my mother's business and I helped her create the name and the brand for it. Um, the, the team members that she had, she actually, with my help, set up a board of advisors. And this is something that when you're talking about getting to, to six figures and seven figures, if you're really serious about doing it, consider having a board of advisors that you meet with on at least a quarterly basis. But what this board of advisors was able to do for her was to really help her create a solid, sound business plan. They were all entrepreneurs. They all uh, had, you know, from different industries. One was an auto mechanic that actually owned his own shop but hadn't touched a car in 20 years. So he had a lot of those operational systems. Another was... um, a master socializer who had a huge network. But anyway, they were able to sit down with her. She said, these are my thoughts and my plans. They gave her some input. Not only has she grown to very close to six figures now, but she's also um, received referrals and nice referrals. When I say nice referrals, I mean 
very profitable referrals from this board of advisors. So that's just an example of what a great team can do for you uh, um, in order to help you really grow your business, especially if you're talking about growing six figures, seven figures, eight figures in a business. Great. What is the main reason a person doesn't achieve her financial goals in business? I heard a very interesting comment uh, last August, and I thought these three main reasons that uh, a business fails, it really touched me and I shared it with everyone. Three, three main reasons why a business fails. Number one is lack of clarity. Clarity in your goals, clarity in what you're good at, clarity in your vision. If you've ever noticed, if you've been in overwhelm, in an overwhelm mode, and you're not sure whether to to attack task A first or a task B first, that's a lack of clarity. And if that's continuously happening in your business, that is a part of the recipe for for failure in business. The second is lack of consistency. Um, if you started an e-zine, and I know plenty of people who've done this, I've actually done it in the past myself, so I'm not better than anyone, but you, you, you send it out one month, you don't send it the next, pretty soon your clients become, or, or your prospects or the people in your list become frustrated, they start to unsubscribe. That's due to a lack of inconsistency. Uh, in our businesses, and so many of us have witnessed it on the other side as being customers of people, as well as in our businesses, sometimes there's a lack of inconsistency, a lack of consistency as far as following up with people and things like that. The third is the lack of congruency. Does your business card look like your website? And do both of those things uh, exhibit your vision for the company and what you want to uh, exude as far as the brand is concerned. And then when someone asks you what do, what do you do, uh, are you able to articulate that and then is the person able to see that again in everything that you do? That lack of congruency it is also very key as far as a main reason why someone may not achieve their business financial goals. Now, personally, whether you know you're talking about being uh, great at a hobby or whatever, if there's fear involved in any of this, that will also affect your results. So then, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. So I was just saying, but but the the business aspect of it, if if this if fear is not an issue, consider those other three things that I just talked about: your clarity, your consistency, and your group, your congruency in your business. Great, excellent examples. So, what are the steps we actually need to take in order to achieve our financial goals and building our businesses, Cherie? Well, the first step that you need to take is to create a strong plan. And I call it business development, and that's actually what I do. I'm a business development coach. And through that process, you're going to really figure out 
what you need to do as far as marketing is concerned and what you need to do as far as operations are concerned, which means presenting your product to or a service to your client. So, for example, for marketing, you may say, I will give myself as an example, I keep it very simple. There are three ways that I bring business to me. I speak, I network, and I write. And then from that, I have subsets. So let's take the networking. I belong to a group called Business Networking International, or BNI. I have um, a group called the Young CEOs that I am a part of. So really having the simple step of, number one, having your plan, and number two, working your plan, and then number three, looking at the results that you have accomplished and say, yes, I want to continue with this, or no, I don't, Uh, or this result is not working for me, let me try something else. Um, And, of course, there's always talk about how long should you try something before you give up. You know, standard is three months. I feel like if you have really given given it your best shot and it's still not working, um, I'll give you an example. I knew a woman who was cold calling 200 people. She was in a travel business. She was in a networking, network marketing company. And what happened after we spoke and spoke was that she was targeting people who didn't have any money to join her program, and her program was like $1,800 to get into. We immediately had her stop calling people and started looking at alternate ways for her to bring people in. So, again, those three steps is to create a plan, then to work it, then to check your results. And if the results are not what you believe they should be, then change what you're doing. You know, and you brought up a great to- a great point about this woman marketing to the wrong person or wrong people. Um, so how do we find clients or customers that need and want our products and our services, Cherie? Okay. I'm going to answer that, and I'm also going to answer a second question, which is for sales conversion, the five questions that your client or your prospect must answer yes to in order for you to close the sale. Would you like to hear that, too? Oh, of course. Okay. Well, in order to find great clients or prospects, number one is I I start with a basic list of about five things. And this is from a book called Book Yourself Solid by a guy named Michael Port. That's P-O-R-T. You can pick it up at any Borders or Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com. And his book is specifically for service businesses, but if you have a product, it can work as well. Uh, number one is networking. I want to give you a little caveat, a caveat about networking, though, and that's networking with people who either can refer people to you or your perfect prospects um, or clients. So, for example, I talked about the woman who did not, who was uh, contacting people who didn't have the funds to pay. If you are networking in a, within a group of people who cannot afford your services, then 
you need to make sure that that group of people can be great joint venture partners for you, meaning that in their Rolodex, they have the people that can pay you, okay? And I can go on and on about this, but I really wanted to give you that piece of, of nugget there because that's very, very important with networking. Um, number two is uh, speaking. There are various types of speaking you can do. You can do live events. You can do a teleseminar like we're doing today. You can be a radio show guest. This, I, I, I'll again give you a piece of, of gold nugget and then a, another resource for being a radio show guest. Um, there are over 10,000 radio show guest spots available daily in the United States, AM and FM radio. And from that, you are able to sell your services, you're able to promote a, an event, you're able to sell a book. If you've ever listened to people on your morning drive that um, come on the radio and talk about whatever they're doing, that's free publicity for you. And that can drive a lot of traffic to your website. A guy uh, named Alex Carroll, C-A-R-R-O-L-L, can train you on how to be a radio show guest. So I talked about networking. I talked about speaking. You can write, and you can write several ways. You can write in a, an e-zine. You can publish those articles in the various article directories. But you can also become a columnist for various magazines. And you really want to consider becoming a columnist for a couple of trade magazines. For example, a restaurant association, if your target market is restaurants, or, or something that's smaller where the editors are always hungry for content. Um, you can use web strategies. You can do Google AdWords if that's appropriate for your business. You can join various types of Yahoo groups. You can start a Yahoo group. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a couple here, but those are those are some major ones that uh, that the people in, in our audience can really. Um, oh, you can do direct mail too. I'm sorry, you can do direct mail. You want to learn about direct mail? There's a guy named Dan Kennedy who is an ace at direct mail. I personally don't use it because of my business. But if you have a product or you have a very local business, it may be appropriate for you. Um, and then I promise to tell you the five questions that your prospect must answer yes to in order for you to close the sale. And these are gold. These are worth a million dollars in themselves. And I have to admit, I didn't create them. I stole them from somebody else who gave them to me. But uh, number one, do they have the funds to pay you? If the answer is no, you won't close the sale. Number two is are they the decision maker? Number three is does your product or service fit into their lifestyle or plan? Number four, <clears throat> do they believe that you can do what you say you can do? Do they believe in the, the product or service that you're offering them? If they don't believe that you are capable of doing that product or service, they won't hire you. And number five is, do they have an urgent need for what you're offering? Wow. And those five questions, 
if your prospect answers no to any of those questions, when I say answers no, I mean through your conversation with them, if you say, well, you know, no, they really don't have a need for what I have, you're not going to close a sale. Or no, I haven't really uh, proven to them that I have the product or service that they need, you're not going to close the sale. And, and, and uh, just go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say just one more thing is do they have the funds to pay you? The more expensive your service is or your product is, the, um, how do I want to say this? The, that needs to be the first question that you really get out of the way. So, for example, the woman that I got these questions from, she was selling $50,000 franchises. Not everyone has $50,000 for a franchise, so her first question was always, do you have the funds to pay? Because if the person answered no, there was no need to go through the other four questions. So cut to the chase is what you're saying. Sorry? So cut to the chase is what you're saying. Cut to the chase, especially if you're selling a $20 vitamin pack, it's not so important, you know, to answer that. Most people have $20. But I'm really trying to help the, the listening audience with just these little little nuggets that I really zone in on my clients with to say, you know, here's why you're spinning your wheels. And, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive because the sales, it, when you're taught sales 101 or selling 101, they always say avoid the, the pricing issue until the very end. But if you don't know if they can afford to pay, then What's the point of wasting all that time? So I totally agree with you. Maybe I'm just seeing it differently than other people would. Um, you know, this is the but this is the truth. The, yeah. Especially like we're saying, if you have a, a you know, you're a, a publicity um, consultant and you want to work with small businesses, you need to make sure you're working with small businesses that have the funds to afford your services. So you may have to, when we say small business, you may have to think small business in terms of the company's got to be making half a million dollars or more a year for you before you would entertain sitting down and talking with them. And the other thing is with gas prices the way that they are, I don't even get into my car unless I'm meeting someone who either has a Rolodex or who has the ability to pay. And as women, a lot of times we are such nurturers, and we want to include everyone. And you asked the question before, why do we think women have such a hard time? I think it's ingrained in us, and it's innate for us to not want to turn people away. And... It's okay if you want to offer your service for free. Just recognize that, that what you're doing. Recognize what you're doing when that happens. So, so really, I think what I'm hearing is that you're you're suggesting people pre-qualify before you even do anything, and I think that that's probably the best advice anybody could give in business. Absolutely. You know? And and you also. Everything you said kind of goes back to the last question or the comments about how to find clients and customers. Um, once you know who your clients are, and I'll assume that everybody who's listening will know who their client, what their client is supposed to look like, whether it be a person who uh, makes a certain amount of money or has a certain lifestyle or has a certain meets a certain demographic uh, 
um, segment of the market, uh, obviously you have to know that before you can even know where to look for your clients. Absolutely. Yeah. And can I give? Can I say something else? Um, <laughs> Go ahead. It's your it's I, your show. Go ahead. It's my show. Okay. <laughs> here, here is Here's another uh, another saying that I heard, and it's very very true. When you start talking about finding clients, people are sheep. S H E E P. People are sheep, and what that means is it's very difficult to find the first few clients. I will say that to anybody. It's very difficult to find the first few clients. Usually your first few clients come from your personal database or a very strong referral, especially if you have a service business. Here's what's instructive here. You have to treat those pioneers extremely well. Once that happens and they start telling people about your service, then other people will come and more people will come and more people will come. Again, you have to be good at what you say you can do. And the reason I keep harping on that is because I dealt with someone who wasn't good at what he said he could do. So you have to be good at what you say you can do, but the finding the first four or five people is going to be the hardest thing. Once that happens, especially in the service business, which is businesses I usually deal with, it becomes easier and easier because those, those five people will go out and tell ten people and a few people will come who will go out and tell more people. And from there, I witnessed it in several businesses that I've been coaching and several business uh, entrepreneurs that um, – that I've come in contact with, this is how it works. So let's talk a little bit more about marketing and adverti- and advertising, in fact. What is the best marketing and advertising advice you've ever heard, and how have you applied it to the businesses that you work with? That's an interesting question. Uh, I The best marketing vi- advice I've ever heard actually came from a CD that I was listening to by a guy named Dan Kennedy, and he got it from someone else, but this is basically it. Let's say that you are looking for five additional clients every month. Usually people want the one way to bring in all of these clients. That's not the correct way for us to look at it. The correct way for us to look at it is what are the five ways I can use or do, what are the five things I can do to bring in a client on a monthly basis, and then you do all five of those things. And as long as those methods are working, then you keep doing them. As long as those methods are working and you're bringing in the client at least at what we call break even, which means that whatever amount of money you pay, you're at least getting that money back on you know, during the first month of the first transaction, then you want to keep doing that. So that's the best, that's the best piece of advice. Is it's not just one thing, but it's a myriad of things that you're doing in order to create success and in order to attract clients.
In fact, I just wanted to say in the room, um, there's uh, people are commenting about you're so right. We love that. That is so true. If we can't, you can't do what you say you can. You can do. You won't succeed because it will get around that you're a false person. And I think that all you have to say that people understand and 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 certainly I don't think our audience is necessarily the audience. Uh, I think that in in that regard. You're kind of talking to the choir. These are all experts. These are all su successful business women, for the most part, women. I think we have a couple of men on the line. And the, the but the thing is that they do know they know their stuff, and maybe they're just stuck in that one spot, which is what we talked about early on. Um, so I think that your advice, Cherie, is just so it's so relevant and so right on. And thank you very much. Right, and you know if this stuck, then really take even a, a, a half an hour if you can, because I recognize as women that we're very busy with our families and things like that, but take a step back and think about what in your business has worked in the past and will it work today. So, for example, one of the things I'm, I'm good at is speaking, and I noticed in my business that when I'm speaking, when I'm doing interviews like the one we're doing now or when I'm speaking in front of a live audience, I make money. And there was a time in my business where I stopped. And all of a sudden, my revenue went what? Went down. So I had to make a conscious decision. Okay, no, this is the way, one of the ways that I get clients is through speaking. And I think a lot of times many of us are savvy and we know what we should be doing. Um, but for some reason, either we're not doing it well or we're not doing it enough to really see the results that we're looking for. And I hope that that helps somebody. It, I think it was, I think it's absolutely right. And so let's talk about a little more detail on examples. For instance, without sharing any confidential information, can you tell us about some of your clients' successes and how you help them to get where they are? Sure, sure. Um, I have several clients that I've worked with, and um, I'll just give you a couple of examples. Um, I was working with a woman who was, uh, who is a writer, and she had been struggling. She hadn't been making any money. The first thing that I did with her, I have a background in finance, which makes me a unique coach, is that I sat down and I said, how much money do you want to make? And I put it into a little spreadsheet, and we calculated her billable time, meaning the amount of the total hours that she would need to bill per week in order to make the money that she wanted to make. So I forgot what the exact amount is now, but let's say that she needed to work, uh, she needed to bill 15 hours per week. I remember for her it was, it was very small. Um, from there, she was able to locate clients, and she did this successfully, that would um, enable her to bill those 15 hours per week. And part of that was she was very, very focused on that target of being able to bill 15 hours per week. On the other end, I worked with a woman who had a massage parlor. Again, 
we I pulled out the spreadsheet. How much money do you want to make? I had to do some some more um, intricate calculations with her, but we determined that she needs to have 45 people per week coming into her massage parlor. So I actually, for this, I did contact another marketing consultant who the three of us kind of sat down, worked up a plan for her, um, determined that her yellow pages were pulling very well. So we looked at increasing that, and we also looked at her becoming a, um, a radio show guest and doing some other community work, and she was able to accelerate her results to, um, she's not quite at 45 yet, but it is going up, and we believe that she will make it. And part of that is, again, knowing exactly what your target is on a weekly basis and doing the things that you need to do in order to create those results. Um, uh, for the, the bookkeeping company, Carolyn does QuickBooks. A again, you know, how much money do you want to make? And we determined that she needed, the beginning was 10 clients a month. Well, because she was so focused on that goal, she reached the 10 clients in about four or five months, which, um, you know, at that point she was pretty much book solid. Then she had to kind of rearrange her, her business in order to grow to the next level, which is what's happening right now. So those are three specific instances, and as you heard, I didn't mean to do this, but there was the common theme of how many clients do you want, or how much do you need to bill per hour, or something like that, so that you are so clear in the result that you create the plans around and your actions around the result that you are looking to achieve. So what I'm hearing is that first we need to know our break-even point, and it surprises me how many people don't know that number. You know, I was very surprised to hear that through a, another event I attended. Um, and then you need to know, obviously, how much more you need to make in order to make the amount of money you want to make, to take, at, take home, to put in your pocket. And I think that people just make that mistake over and over again. They think, oh, if I'm making this much, I'm paying my bills. And then they're not taking a salary, and they're not realizing how important it is to take a salary because you'll get demotivated. And once you start putting money in your own pocket, then you can start putting more money because it's kind of that law of attraction thing. I was about to say the law of attraction. Where I'm going to move to the creative side here and say that you attract what you think about. And I really do believe that the reason that these three companies that I mentioned before did so well when they reached or wanted to close to reaching her target is because she was laser-focused on it. So using that creative side, using that law of attraction is a very powerful thing. And even though I am known for being a left-brain person, I do believe what my right-brain divas, you know, believe as far as the secret and things like that. The one thing with the secret is there has to be action behind it. But when you have the vision and then you act on that vision and you're able to discern, yes, this works for me or no, this doesn't, um, I'm getting the results I want or I'm not, then you are able to hit those targets. 
so true. And it's, it's the action that makes everything happen anyway. Um, what are some of the tools we likely already have that can help us grow our businesses, Cherie? Um, <laughs> I'm going to uh, probably put a couple things in here that most gurus won't. Um, one tool that you already have is a personal network. No matter who you are, you know at least 10 people in your personal network that you can go to and say, I've just started this business. This is what I'm looking to do. Do you know someone who can give me a chance? Okay. The, the, the number two thing that I think we have, this may sound very silly, or if you don't have it, it's free to get, is a library card. And I'm constantly in the library or at the bookstore researching, looking at books, discovering new ideas, being on teleseminars like this um, and other teleseminars, getting knowledge from people. There's so much information out there that's free. And some of it is junk, mind you, but others of it, a lot of it is very good, solid information that once you know what it is, um, for example, once you get an idea, maybe you've gotten an idea from something I've said today, you can put it into practice. Um, the other thing is, is just your talents, uh, whatever talents that you have, and being able to recognize the talents that you don't have and attracting people to you who, who have what you need in order to make your business a success. Um, you know, I, I believe that your your organization really helps women with information and with content and, and different types of programs in order to to grow our businesses. So these are all the things that we have in our arsenal right now, no matter how broke you are today, um, in, in order to help you grow. Uh, you in order to help you grow your business, in order to help you market and sell and things like that. So may I quote you? <laughs> really? Well, because the real, the, the, the our whole reason to, reason to be a raisin destra is that we do want to be that resource, and we want to have enough of a diversified program of information because not everybody may be at the same point in their business, and not everybody needs to learn about starting a business, and not everybody is ready to do retirement planning, but people are somewhere in the middle and in the mix of all of that. So that's one of my goals is to always bring new and different types of programs. And that's why I like focusing a lot on the wealth because even though the topic may be building wealth or fortune or whatever it is, everybody's perspective is different, everybody's approach is different, and everybody has something that they that someone can take away and use. And just as your program today. I mean, I'm writing copious notes you won't believe, so. <laughs> well, can I quote you on that? Well, you sure may, because I've been in business 27 years, and I've already gotten a couple of ahas, so thank you very much. <clears throat> Great. And I just want to, I want to say one thing, because I, I, I feel very passionate about this. I know people who right now are struggling. You probably are, you know, maxed out on your credit cards. You don't have any money. You're thinking, how can I market if I don't have any money? Um, 
let me tell you now, you can do it. You can find somebody, if, you, if you're not employed, find somebody who is, who can copy some flyers for you. I know a woman who made $5,000 in her first month. She was a, a, an organizer. Unfortunately, unfortunately, she wasn't my client, but she's a friend of mine. She was an organizer, and she needed some cash, and she put flyers out in her neighborhood, made $5,000 from that. So no matter how um, little you think you have, you know, and your question is so important, what do we currently have that we could be using? We always have something that we could be using. As long, you know, even if you don't have your health. I know a woman who, um, you know, is struggling right now with, um, with a disease. And she's still able, because she has the passion and the drive, to talk to people and to schedule events and things like this. So if anything, I, you know, if there's any point that I can drive home is you always have something going for you. You know, and to use that. So, so what is the number? And first, I'd like to make I'd like to read what one person wrote in the room. Uh, and uh, Teresa Morrow says, Weekai and Heidi are one of my favorite resources, full of great information. Just like bringing you here today, Cherie. This is so wonderful. Well, thank so, you so much, Teresa. It's it's really good when people get it and when they appreciate it. Um, I I kind of you know people think that I do it for them. I do it for me. This I do is very, I'm very selfish about this because I get people that I want to learn from, and I'm very grateful when not only do I learn from it, but other people do as well. Because I figure if I'm going to learn something, so is everybody else. So um, thank you, thank you. So let's go on because we've only got a few more minutes, and I I know you've got things to do, but. Let me ask you this question. The number one tool or resource, and you may have already said this, a small business owner needs to grow her business. What would that be if you only had to pick one tool or resource? Um, I would say a network of people is the number one tool or resource. Because once you have that, you have access to all the knowledge and all the money and all of the referrals or clients that you need. So the number one thing that I would say is go out there, meet people, let them know what you're doing, get their business card, follow up with them. There's a book called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi that I'm currently reading, and he talks about this. He talks about meeting people who are a couple of levels above us wherever you are right now, and those resources were able to help him in various jobs that he um, was working, various jobs that he got, and then when he began his own business, he was able to call on those resources because he had kept in, uh, in touch with them. So that's the number one resource that I would suggest is to build and grow your network. And, you know, it's funny because everywhere I go in the bathrooms, the women are talking about that book. And I finally read the book about six or seven months ago. And he has a wonderful newsletter. It's actually a daily tip that he sends out. And it's a daily networking tip. So if you have the opportunity to go to his website, um, sign up for that. I believe it's daily. If not daily, it's every other day or so. And, and it's it's really good stuff. So, um 
you'll always get something valuable out of that, and especially the book. So another great resource. Thank you. Yes. What are some other resources you recommend to our listeners to move forward in their businesses? Well, I've given you some great books that I believe um, will really help. And um, other resources, I really do believe, again, in in this organization that you, from the the reading that I've done of the, the website, I really do believe that what you have is, very, very important and is a great resource for people. And um, I, I sincerely, again, sincerely believe that because we as women, um, we really need to have a place where we can come together and talk and share ideas. And again, coming back to the number one tool or resource that you need, when you have that network of people who believe in you, who are pushing you forward, who are saying, you know, get off your lazy assets or whatever it is, whatever the advice it is <laughs> you need right now, that's what's really going to help drive you and propel you forward. So um, I, I know that I kind of answered the same, I answered it the same way twice. It's just because I believe in it so much. That's okay. So tell us a little bit about your complimentary 30-minute strategy section to help women reach those six-figure revenue goals. Sure. One of the things that I do is I offer a 30-minute strategy session to anyone who wants to consider working with me. And this is not atypical of what coaches do. However, what is different with me is that I actually give you two or three pieces of advice immediately on the phone that you could use tomorrow or the next day. A lot of times coaches will simply, um, you know, they'll ask you questions and then they'll say for the answers, um, it's forty nine ninety five or whatever price they're charging. I don't do that. First of all, I'm a naturally giving person. And second, um, it, I just believe that Whenever you speak with someone, they should be passing along information and golden nuggets uh, for you. So that anybody can contact me. My number is 703-489-4589. Or you can go to my website at theprofitpartner.com. And there is a a box there that says if you want a free strategy session, fill in your name and your email, and I get back to people in regards to that and and scheduling those. Um, Right now I am about a week out as far as scheduling these strategy sessions, but we do have a great time, and just like I've been talking today, I give, again, great personalized pieces of advice to everyone who contacts me for a strategy session. So what's that phone number again, Cherie? It's 703-489-4589. Excellent. So what are your goals for the next two to five years? Ooh. (laughs) Well, um, I'm closely working with Carolyn Does QuickBooks, which is, again, my mom's bookkeeping business. And my goal is to help that business grow to a million dollars or more, which is very significant because 
in bookkeeping, most people make, you know, a, a, someone who really is on top of their game makes 60000 The highest I've heard is about 600000 So I'm looking to break a barrier as far as that's concerned. The other thing that I want to do or I am doing right now, I mentioned this before, is I'm writing a book called Know Your Numbers. And um, we're going to be talking next week to a New York publisher, but he really liked the manuscript that my co-author and I sent. So I'm going to be touring for that, and, and when that comes out, I'd love to come back here to talk a little bit more about the strategies for knowing your numbers and how you can use that information in order to grow your business um, in a, you know, strategically. Uh, and the third thing is I love to travel. So personally, I would love to do some more traveling across the United States and across the world. So if there are any conferences that people want to invite me to, again, you can call my office at 703-489-4589. Um, I, I love to speak to people. I love to help businesses grow. And I feel like every woman that increases their success because of something I've said to them or my working with them, um, it enhances me. And that's my vision and my mission for my life is to help male and female entrepreneurs build wealth through strong businesses. Excellent. Well, I, well, I just want to say formally, Cherie, thank you so much for being here and sharing your ideas on, on how to grow a six-figure uh Build your business to six figures. How to grow a six-figure business in 12 months or less, exactly what it is. And, again, we're right. speaking with uh, Cherie Warwick of The Profit Partner, and that's theprofitpartner.com. And it has just been my pleasure to have you today.